0: Hello, and welcome to the Customer Conversations podcast. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Ben Ornstein. Ben is the CEO and co-founder of Tuple, uh, the best pair programming app for remote teams. He's also the host of one of my favorite podcasts, The Out of Product, former ThoughtBotter, and the creator of several educational products for Rails developers. Ben, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited for this conversation, as I mentioned in... Uh, the intro there, I'm a long-time listener of the Art of Product. Um, so I feel like I have a pretty good handle on, you know, uh, the things that you've been up to, but uh, maybe we can start out. If for those who don't know you could sort of share uh, what Tuple is and sort of how you, how you came to be working on Tuple.
1: Sure. Uh, Tuple is like you said, the intro, it's a an app for doing remote pair programming uh, currently on Mac OS only. Um, but it's uh, a tool that we created because we wanted it to exist. I um, asked friends of mine uh, when I started doing this, like, hey, what do you use for remote pairing? And back then I think the best answer someone had was like Skype um, or like, uh, I think Slack calls, some people said, but it was, no one liked their answer. No one was like, oh, I use X and it's really great. It was always kind of like, well, I get by with this. And uh, it felt like an opportunity. It was like, all right, I keep hearing this over and over. I want this thing. It seems like other people want this thing and there doesn't seem to be a good answer, I'm not sure that that uh, kind of opportunity happens that much in life. And I, I felt like I would kind of like kick myself if I didn't at least take a shot at it. And fortunately I was able to convince uh, two awesome co-founders uh, to do this uh, at the same time with me and uh, it's gone It's really well.
0: Yeah, I feel like there's, uh, I know sort of the the founding story of, uh, of Tuple, you had, uh, you know, Screen Hero was around uh, sort yeah. of back in the day. And then there's obviously with everything going on in the world right now, there's been a lot of change, which has sort of pushed people to uh, to need a product like Tuple um, being remote. Um, how would you say like the sort of how's that journey been from this is just a little idea that we, you know, seems to exist uh, from the people that I've spoken to, to sort of almost now it's like a, a globally... Uh, globally needed idea Um, that's much more Uh, top of mind.
1: I mean, it's been pretty awesome. We've been very fortunate. Uh, So we happened to be like paddling in the right direction and had enough momentum that when this giant wave appeared, we were swept up into it um, and and were the beneficiaries of it. Uh, So that was not intentional exactly. We had this theory when we started the company that like, okay, there's probably gonna be more developers every year and more of those developers are going to be going remote there was already a movement of of increased remote work uh, before all this happened. Um, But we, I was kind of expecting it to be this slow, steady, um, like, okay, maybe it's going to be 1% of the market and then one and a half and then two. Um, And that actually was working fine. Like that we were on a quite a nice growth trajectory before uh, COVID happened. Um, And uh, March of this year was just kind of like a crazy uh, explosion of all that. So the the good news is we have been kind of like laying that foundation and getting going and had some momentum. And so as people started looking around and asking each other, Hey, what are you using? Uh, some people said, Hey, I use tuple and I like it as opposed to, I use X and I, I get, I'm getting by. Uh, so um, I don't know that you could, I mean, it's tough to imagine a kind of uh, nicer thing to happen, at least from a startup perspective, not for the world, obviously, but if you're working on a business and suddenly you're, um, potential share of the market goes from like a tiny single digit percentage to like almost everyone in basically a week or two. That's, I mean, it's, it's kind of a crazy event that has happened.
0: Yeah. I, I know you've spoken about this a little bit on the, the out of product podcast, which is my, my frame of reference for everything uh, with with what you're working on. But how has that sort of changed operationally? Like going, you said you're sort of going along on this nice, uh, nice growth tra- trajectory, which is you know great for any, any new company. Right. But, what is, what has changed internally as sort of, as a, as a result of, uh, of everything getting sort of crazy since March uh, and what's, um, what's
1: sort of the biggest like unexpected thing, I guess. Um, the, I guess the, so the biggest change is kind of to our mindset maybe, um, which is, so when we started the company, we, like one of my co-founders had previously had a venture backed created, a, started a, a venture backed startup that got acquired. And he had some negative experiences as part of that, that he wasn't keen to repeat. So he was like, we're gonna like, I'm not interested in raising money. We were all on board with that. And so like, we, we kind of also embraced the rest of the bootstrapper idea in our heads, which was like, we're gonna grow slowly and steadily. It's gonna be very calm. Uh, it's gonna be just the three of us for a long time. Like I was like, let's see how much revenue we can do with like not hiring a single person. Uh, and I was like, I had this dream of this incredibly simple lean operation. And um our business basically like quadrupled in a couple months in over like March, April, May, and, um, several parts of the company kind of, uh, got overwhelmed at once. Like we were overwhelmed in support. We were overwhelmed in sales. We were overwhelmed in infrastructure. And so there was like a really, it was a stressful few months as we were like scrambling, like it was like, suddenly we were like venture scale growth all of a sudden. Um, and we had not been planning for it or expecting it, or even like trying for it or wanting it really um and so we had to kind of um so it, it changed our our mindset we're like okay we, we basically have to make some changes and we also kind of have to hire like we right. rather than sneaking up on us like slowly kind of hitting the point where we reached the edge of our like what we can do with free people it was just like two weeks went by and like okay we need to hire and like two weeks ago we didn't need to and now we do uh so we we've almost been playing catch up since then which is like okay now that things are stabilized and things are going well, we, we've hired a bunch of, a number of people since then. Um, and the, the the opportunity is now so much bigger than it was. And we're able to have such an impact on, on the world and help people. And like, we we get these messages from people saying like, you, you're you making remote work like uh, possible for me and sustainable. And I feel connected to my coworkers. And it's like, wow, like we're we're doing good things for the world. So I think now we're kind of thinking a little bit more ambitiously than before. Uh, the appeal is less like, wow, I wonder if we can get this thing to 15K a month and then we can all pay our rent and, you know, right? great. And now it's more like, all right, there's there's a lot we can do here. Uh, what, what should we do now?
0: Yeah. that It's interesting that sort of, I guess that inflection point, right. That was sort of forced upon you rather than a, you know, it's typically a conscious decision to say, okay, we're going to go seek out funding. Right. And that's, yeah, yeah. Has an impact, but yeah, that sort of external uh, stimuli is is pretty pretty abnormal, I guess. How, how has that impacted your role as a CEO, like going from, and also sort of going from before, I guess more of an individual contributor, like writing code and like actually being in the day to day of, uh, and I mm-hmm. guess at the sort of early days of Tuple. that's I'm sure much more the case than it is today.
1: Yes. Uh, it's definitely changed my day to day a lot for sure. Um, I am like the, you know, uh, 10 millionth person to discover this I suppose but uh, it's really great to hire really good people to work on your company uh, there's a, just a ton of leverage and like finding someone who's really good to work on the company is much is better and more efficient uh, than me doing something in the company most of the time uh, and so uh, not a new insight at all but uh, was something that I sort of knew intellectually but hadn't felt viscerally uh, and then we hired our first full-time engineer and a uh, salesperson. And it was like, our lives got better instantly. And it was like, oh, okay, <laughs> yes, all right. Now we have all this new knowledge on the team and we have more bandwidth and we can tackle new projects and it's, there's a sense of excitement and support. And it was just like a, bulb, a light bulb went off. And it's like, oh, I get it. That's why every CEO is focused on hiring as their main thing is because it works really well. So that's that's me now, basically.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And I'm sure that the, there's been some sort of other sort of ripple effects of, of that too, right? I know one thing that I uh, found particularly interesting, sort of listening to the evolution of uh, people on the podcast, uh, was sort of your role in, in sales and some of the uh, initially sort of not particularly wanting to do like enterprise sales or sort of mm. uh, spend time on, on things that are, uh, you know, sort of enterprise-y uh, in, in nature. Uh how was your sort of perspective on that shifted? I know like that's something you spent a lot of time sort of trying to be uh, deliberate about, like, what's the, as
1: the company has changed, like, how is that sort of your view on that change? Um, so in the beginning I fought it. So I am a developer inefficiencies of process, uh, hurt me at a deep level. Um, and so when I would come across these enterprise sales processes that our like prospects wanted us to go through, I would be like, this is so inefficient. This is terrible. We've got to do better than this. And I would try to like push people into like these things that I were was inventing. And like, I was trying to like make it, uh, I was trying to make it into what I wanted it to be. And some of that was like a little successful, but mostly not. It was like, like fighting this incredible institutional inertia. Um, and so, uh, I eventually was like, like, maybe the answer here is like we should just do the enterprise sales process because it, it has like buckets of money at the end of it. Um, and cool logos to put on the website. Uh, but maybe I shouldn't do it. It's like, duh. Yeah. Right. Like every, hire a salesperson. This is like, this is what everyone else does. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. So, um, it was actually great when there was too many sales deals for me to deal with myself because then I could sort of just be like, okay, we, we need to hire somebody. And then we did, and it was like, just immediately better. It was like, oh, we're gonna still do these things because they're worth doing overall, uh, but they're not the best use of my time. And now we can we can get both, we get my time back and we're gonna still do these deals. Great, amazing, duh, that's hired. That's I guess that's, <laughs> welcome to business.
0: Yeah, any, uh, any insights? Th- that you were sort of not expecting or, you know, that you've run into as you've gone through that sort of hiring process. Cause obviously the hiring in itself is a whole, yeah, you know, that's a whole skill set, right?
1: Uh, it is, I'm still learning it. Uh, I think I have a lot to learn there actually. Um, the cool thing, so like, this is what I like about running a company is that my job is changing. Like that's actually what I like. Like when my last um, full-time gig was uh, m- like a long-term thing was at uh, Thoughtbot and I worked there for seven years. And I had like three or four positions almost uh, during my tenure there, which is perfect because like every two years or so, I would get kind of bored. I'd be like, all right, I feel like I got the gist of this. I want a new thing to learn. Like I I, I enjoy the sort of um, chaotic early days and like figuring out of a a brand new thing. And then once I feel like I got the gist, I start to get a little bit um, uh, not interested in it. So um, I am now on the like learn how to hire people train. And I don't have a ton of insight to share uh, yet, uh, but maybe uh, in some number of months or years, I'll, I'll be better at this. Um, although it's, I, I'll tell you like the best shortcut for this, I keep finding over and over is having friends that are a bit ahead of you and that are smart and have experience here. So I'm just kind of constantly um, reaching out to people that I respect and like and have inter- like companies that I think are doing great things. And I say like, hey, we're, we're facing this challenge. Do you have any thoughts? And a surprising number of people are just willing to like, just straight up be like, here's some um, distilled advice from my years of doing this. And here's the, here's a shortcut. And it's like, it's truly wonderful.
0: Yeah. it It is amazing how I'm sort of continually surprised by how willing people are to help who yep. seemingly are in like, you know, much higher or further along positions and like, shouldn't, have time right but
1: yep totally yeah we we have a list of so this is something i recommend for anyone that is doing i mean maybe for anyone in the world but like especially if you have a business like we have a list of advisors and so like i i have reached out to a handful of entrepreneurs that i respect a lot and just said like hey is it cool if i at like ping you the occasional question or send you the occasional update about tuple and just get your thoughts on it um no need to respond if you don't want to just archive the email if you're not interested in it and my uptake rate on that has been 100 percent so far um, and I think you could do this for a lot of things. I think you could do it for being a better programmer for getting better at sales. Like I think kind of whatever you wanted to, you could probably get yourself an advisory board. Um, and it's such a huge, huge asset.
0: Yeah. And with two, that's sort of totally like, there's no equity involved or there's no, like, that's just totally nope. voluntary. Just, just yep. Do you like to be on and the And sometimes,
1: list? yeah, and just, yeah, exactly. Just, just, they just want to help. And it's also, it's, I think so. I can speak from the entrepreneurial point at least it's, it's it's kind of fun to offer advice it's like it's you know there's there's not you don't have to do the work you just get to like be like here is my wisdom and I sound smart and you know maybe it helps you maybe it doesn't whatever um, right. and you know from I mean that in, in, in a nice way of course uh, these people are, are giving us great advice um, but it's it's not a huge burden and it's it's kind of I think it's actually really fun to dive into someone else's business quickly where it's like, here's this thing that's going on with us. Ooh, interesting. I've seen the numbers of someone else's business. It's kind of cool. It's like a, it's almost like slightly illicit. You're getting like the secret information. And then like, they want your advice on how to do this thing. And it's like, oh, it's just, it's cool. It's, it's fun. And so it's, it's not a, it's kind of not a huge thing to ask people. I think it's a little bit enjoyable. Um, but yeah, I, I'm surprised at, even given that, I'm still surprised. Like, I, the other day, asked a kind of like thorny um, compensation question to our advisors and got back multi-page emails from basically everyone with wow. like lots of in-depth thoughts and you know, it's, it's like, wow, what a, what an incredible gift this is.
0: Yeah. It sounds like a, such an amazing resource that it, I mean, all this knowledge exists in the world, right? Like people have had experiences or have experienced sort of similar things, at least to what you're experiencing, but for them to, you know, distill that all down is, is incredibly valuable. So on, on the topic of, of feedback and of sort of learning, one thing that I'm always curious about, and that's sort of the the area that I'm in, I guess, is uh, sort of customer discovery and uh, understanding what your customers need, want, uh, are currently challenged by.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How I know you, and I know you've talked about this on the, the podcast as well, about sort of being part of the Stripe beta with um, with the portal um, and sort of how you you're capturing feedback in in poor A- As you've scaled. Have you sort of, and I'm sure have you, as you've gone from having sort of a handful of customers who you can, you know, you know, everybody's name to a huge user list where you don't know everybody's name. H- how have you sort of found, or what sort of ways have you, you employed to sort of try to keep sort of a finger on the pulse of, of what people are actually saying, what's, what's actually important to sort of people using the product?
1: Mm. Um, we, I, I think of it kind of like setting lots of little traps that collect customer feedback, and so we have a bunch of them set out in various places, and they all kind of feed back into like our Help Scout um, instance. But so, like one example is after each call on Tuple, we pop up a little feedback box, like how was the call, one through five, and there's a little uh, feedback form as well. And it's like if you know if if something went poorly, like tell us what happened. Like was there a bug? Did you see something? Like something? Did you figure out how to like reproduce this thing or something? So we have like a, a steady stream of call feedback coming in and we use the aggregate versions of like we use the individual ones of that as like bug reports. We use the aggregates as a quality score for how we're doing. Um, we also just ask people like after you've done, um, 10 calls, we send a little survey out uh, and ask things like, you know, what's good about tuple that we shouldn't screw up. Uh, what's the, what would you love to see us add, change, remove, improve? Um, any little annoyances you have with the app that you wish we'd fix anything else you want to tell us uh, that kind of thing um, and we've had a, a number of these throughout the the life of the product like we we've, we're kind of often tinkering with like what do we ask what do we ask and when and where does the, the feedback show up and, and all that um, and we get response oh we also send an email after your first call like how did the first call go anything any bugs to report anything you want to tell us about uh, so this this I just kind of think of like ooh, we have all these somewhat passive places that people can kind of like touch and they go, Oh, here's a little chance to send something back to the team. And then I basically just read everything that comes in through that and try to uh, s- uh, distill it down to, okay, we should do X, Y, Z.
0: Gotcha. And you mentioned that's all coming back into help scout, which just sort of
1: support ticket
0: tools. So you have it all in one place. It's just about, some of it goes into type form
1: um, but those just generate an email. So it's like kind of, it's next to the help scout ticket in my inbox. So it's kind of the, Sort of a similar thing. Right. Yeah. How,
0: how sort of do you close or do you close the loop on those things? Right. Like some, like you mentioned, some of those become bug, uh, bugged, uh reports and, and issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them are sort of, I'm sure much more sort of high level than that.
1: We don't do an amazing job of that. We could do better. Uh, so i I know there are companies or like, there are ways to like tag somebody. They are unhappy with how the webcam works. And then we could reach out later and be like, Hey, we just made the webcam work better or like, hey, can I ask you some questions that we're about to work on the webcam? Um, we've done some of that and people totally appreciate it. It's the great thing. Like, I, we've gotten away from it a bit as like, the amount of feedback and the number of users has gotten way higher, but I don't actually think that's a good thing. I, I, it'd be good, it would be good for us to go back to, to more of that because it always blows people's minds when you say, hey, you complained about this and we just shipped a fix. It's like, oh, awesome, like, thanks for following up. No one is sad to hear that. So I, I wish we did better there, honestly.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting point. So the you know in the world of SaaS, I guess, and trying to make everything scalable and uh, you know automated and passive, the it's often the things that don't scale very well or you know uh, incredibly personal that get the biggest uh, the biggest totally. results or the biggest. Uh,
1: yeah, as a customer, you're not interested in your your provider's scaling, like your vendors. You, you, <laughs> you don't care about them serving thousands of other people. You want them to you know be awesome to you, right? right do you do you think that there's any
0: um and i, I know you uh created products and, and courses and things for for developers previously to tuple mm-hmm. do you think there's something unique about the about developers as a market is something what's sort of the is there something that you particularly like about that market could you could you build a product for anybody else or would you build a product for anybody else um i
1: probably wouldn't i mean i It would have been probably a mistake for me to build a product for someone else or a different group of people, given that I had spent so long building up an audience of developers. Uh, So much, I think, of Tuple's early success was due to the fact that I was able to bring in so many people and get get Tuple in front of so many uh, developers quickly. And they trusted that it was going to be good and they were interested and they wanted to follow on the story and they felt connected to our success. Um, in the early days, I remember someone signing up and saying, I'm not really going to use this, but I just want to support you because I've learned so much from you over the years. Um, and like we routinely get, you know, bug reports or feedback and saying, like, oh, Ben, like uh, I loved your video, like your, your conference talk on Vim or something from 2007 or something. Um, super psyched to be using Tuple now. And it's like there's there's still, I think, a, a contribution of, of just like my audience and the things i did many years ago that are, are helping us act as kind of a tailwind so I, i'm i'm glad i leveraged that i think that was really important um as far as your being unique things about developers there's probably a hundred things that i can't tease out because it's it's all like transparent to me now like i'm part of it and so it's like right. it's just like the water i'm swimming in i don't think about well this is how you have to market to developers or talk to them or or whatnot um but i as far as things i do like there's a bunch the probably the biggest thing is just that um, we can nerd out with them like uh so actually a big one they give for the most part give great bug reports like a lot of times they will be like oh like i saw this problem but i'm pretty sure it's that my network connection was having a lot of packet loss because i'm far away from the router and it's like they've like sort of pre-solved their own problem or they'll say i've reproduced that thing with the sound bug and it turns out if i do this and this and this it goes away And it's like oh this is super useful Uh, so that's that's been like particularly pleasurable
0: yeah, I'm sure that sort of helps fast track uh, fast track that loop, right? And it, which ultimately means you end up with a better product and happier customers, right? Because you yeah. can fix everything quicker.
1: Yep, at least in theory. <laughs> right, right.
0: So to, we talked a little bit there about sort of the, you know, in the, in the very beginning, you were able to bring uh, a lot of sort of you brought your existing audience, right? Because they, there was some crossover uh, with things you've worked on previously. In terms of marketing tuple, which I think is often for people who are starting a you know starting a business that 's often the uh, one of the last things that they they think about right is you know how to get how to get the product that I just built, which is awesome in front of uh, enough people that it's you know actually impactful uh, you know to get people using the product and ultimately paying for it. I know you started out with some content you had uh, you know the pairing guide and obviously you brought your own audience too what's had the biggest impact would you say on sort of has your like the channels which are bringing you customers has that changed over time like what's the what's sort of been the biggest uh like learning on that side of things uh
1: i would so i don't know um i are it's weird I, i think i'm good at the aggregate task of like building an audience and i'm i'm not great I haven't been diligent, I guess, about like breaking down like, okay, where are people actually hearing about us? Which of these many channels that I work on like simultaneously is actually working best and like where should we double down? Uh, Again, not that that's good. That's just kind of the reality. Um, So I don't, I sort of don't, like we get a lot of buzz on Twitter. Like so many people that are hitting our our website are coming from Twitter. Um, We get a lot of word of mouth. I think developers actually are really, that's I think one benefit of the audience is like developers like to talk about tools they're using that are good and they like to share them. Um, Also Tuple is kind of inherently viral in that it's a thing that connects two people. And so like, if you want to use it with someone else, you invite them to it. And like now we have another person who might invite other people. So between the existing audience and like me just kind of doing a bunch of things like talks, like this podcast, like my own podcast, like blog posts, like the pairing guide, like coming with an existing audience. uh, It has just been enough. Uh, and has gotten enough of like a flywheel started that, that we definitely like have generated kind of a lot of, of buzz and, and people seem to have, have heard of us. But yeah, it's, it's, it, not a, I mean, it's not a, a very, uh, it's not a great answer. Like I, I feel kind of guilty about it where it's not like the thing I, think I could kind of go recommend other people do exactly. It's kind of like, it, this seems to have worked for us and we're fortunate that way. It's maybe not the, it's not the way or it's not, a, not even a great way perhaps.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. So sort of everybody that I talk to about attribution always has some complaint about attribution. Like attribution's hard period and it's also never simple right like y- even if you know the final like UDM, utm parameter that somebody used to sign up for your set like they may have heard about it they may have known you like about you and your audience for or you and your uh work for years yeah um yeah so one one thing that i uh, sort of to that end of you know being in swimming in the same water as, uh, as developers, how and you you mentioned that you have you know all these all the feedback uh, sort of uh, mouse traps I guess that feedback into uh, into Help Scout. How much time do you spend talking to customers outside of those mousetraps? traps? And I, I guess this is this is probably a actually I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm assuming there is a good amount of talking to developers, which is not you wouldn't necessarily call customer research.
1: Um, n- probably not enough uh i do some calls with customers i do some things just to like talk about potential features or like hear how they feel about the app whenever someone's like hey i, I use tuple it's great i'm like great but what could be better and so i'm trying to kind of always solicit feedback from people like wherever I, wherever it's coming in like i joined a private slack the other day and someone's like hey we use tuple i was like cool uh what do you wish it could do better like where where, where are we falling down so i try to like be like um always gathering that uh but this is actually i think like i a, a think i'm I'd like to hire someone to do more rigorously and more frequently is literally just like, do tuple calls with customers and like reach out to them and like gather, their, gather how they're feeling and what they want and like, or watch them use the product and see where things are falling apart or that kind of thing. We, uh, the more of, I think that's like kind of the, talking to users is sort of the answer. It's like, if there's one holy grail, it's probably that. Um, and so uh, we could be doing more.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So to to sort of start to wrap things up here, for for people who are maybe you know sort of in your position two, two plus two now, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for people who are sort of in that position of you know thinking about starting something new, they maybe they think they've identified a problem, they have an idea. What's been sort of the biggest unexpected learning, um, sort of from that point to today? Like, what, what's the thing that you and I know you started plenty of other things previously. What's what's the thing that you've learned with this that was, you know, maybe you thought you thought you knew would be, or thought would be different.
1: Um, I, I don't know why I didn't realize this, but in the early days, we thought our ideal customer was going to be like a freelancer. And so like when we were building the initial version of Tuple, we were picturing single developers using it with clients and then so many of our early customers were teams of developers pairing amongst themselves. Duh. Um, like (laughs) that sort of makes a lot more sense. Um, it was like, Oh yeah, you could sell one license to a freelancer and they could use it with all their customers or you could sell like 20 to, uh, actually what amounts to a small team of developers, like 20 is nothing in the the business world, uh, and make a lot more money and it's a it's a lot simpler and you can sort of simplify things down. Um, I was, we were shocked. To t- I, I was shocked to discover that I was shocked uh, that uh, our ideal customer was, of course, <laughs> turned out to be uh, like teams of developers that already existed and already had relationships with each other.
0: Yeah, that it's, I mean, it seems so obvious now, right? But it, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Uh, but I guess that sort of also in making that, how, how painful was making that switch in, because obviously it has some it was, benefit beyond yeah. just, Selling to companies
1: with a lot of money. It, yeah, it was kind of painful actually because um, we ended up with this kind of crazy pricing slash feature situation where like we had like a freelancer plan for freelancers, and then we had like a team plan for non freelancers, and people had no idea how that worked. We like, we did like a bad job of explaining what the differences were and what the restrictions were and what and like could you go from one to the other and why would you and when would you and how could you and it was just this like kind of stupidly complicated thing as we try to support both models um while keeping them kind of distinct in our in some ways um and so now if we just like gotten rid of that freelancer plan it's like it turns out freelancers are, are are wonderful humans i love them very much they're terrible customers in a way in that like they're a single license they have way more churn they don't tend to have as many people as many people to pair with they don't have a pairing habit with people they tend to get customers and then sometimes lose them it's just like almost everything up although they do kind of pair promiscuously so it's kind of nice from the like exposed tuple to lots of people um but in terms of building like a business it's just not the best target market for us um so uh slowly unwinding that and making it focusing our efforts on teams uh was tricky and is honestly there's still vestiges of like booleans that for like freelancers and stuff in the in the database that we're working on and pulling out uh but yeah, we're getting there. Gotcha.
0: So we talked a lot about sort of the the journey from, you know, the step the founding of, of tuple to, to now and sort of all the you know the huge changes that have happened, especially in the last, you know, sort of four, uh, four five months or so. Where do you see, and I know we talked about, you know, initially you started out with this this goal for it to be a small calm company, uh fully bootstrapped. Where do you see tuple in, you know, three years, five years? Like is it a is it a business that you plan to just keep running and run forever because it's fun? Um, hmm. like what's the, yeah, what, what's the, what's the next sort of phase, I guess, for Tupor?
1: Um, I don't know exactly. Uh, I, we're not building this to sell it by any means. Uh, we're interested in like, I'm, um, so the goal is not like let's grow this to a certain point and then try to like have a big exit. doesn't interest me very much. Um, at the same time, I'm not, I, knowing myself, I thrive on new challenges. So if we got to the point where the company stopped growing or like the challenges stopped changing, it would be hard for me to stay excited about it. So I kind of feel like what I'm hoping is that it just keeps growing and keeps being interesting and new and different each month, quarter, year. And that way it just remains interesting and stimulating to work on. And we have this like fun thing to go, to go do all the time. Um, and so hopefully there's always a next phase and like we're kind of always pushing into n- new hard stuff that forces me to learn things. So far it seems like that's, that's like a pretty reasonable outcome, like a pretty like likely outcome. Uh, like there's, there's just, business is really complicated. <laughs> Making a software <laughs> company has a lot of pieces and, I, and it looks like I'm just gonna kind of always be trying to optimize something and learn something. And so it's looking pretty promising that, that it could, this could be like my, uh, my long-term thing. Awesome.
0: So for, for people who, you know, want to find out more about, about Tuple uh, join your, your audience, <laughs> where sure. should they, where should they go to uh, to check
1: that out and sure. connect with you? Yeah. Um, tuple.app, T U P L E is our website. Um, if you want to get like hot takes and stuff, I'm R00K on Twitter. Uh, Art of Product Podcast, so my podcast, if you want kind of the weekly updates of what it's like uh, running a bootstrapped company. Also, my co-host, Derek, is uh, running a, his own bootstrap company. So we've got two different perspectives there that maybe are interesting to you. Um, and also, by the way, we're, we're trying to hire a uh, WebRTC, WebRTC engineer. So if you are uh, fairly C++ fluent, ideally have a bunch of WebRTC experience, but maybe you're even just interested in it, uh, check out uh, our website and check out that job description because we're trying to hire for this position and it's hard to find
0: awesome well thanks so much for, for doing this really enjoyed it and uh, yeah really appreciate it yeah my pleasure thanks for having me on hey it's Stuart thanks for listening to another episode of the Customer Conversations podcast if you liked the show liked our guest and especially if you learned something new you think will help grow your business I want you to go to slash join that's one place to get all of the content we're putting out including the podcast, guides and courses with experts in SaaS and D2C, and all of the content from our blog once a week. Go check it out, learnwire.co slash join.